You are listening to the Wisdom of Wealth podcast. My name is Ryan Haley. And my name is Kyle Kempers. Whether you're at the top of your game or you're just getting started, we are here to add as much value as we possibly can to your financial education. If you want to find out more, head on over to wisdomofwealth.co. Well, today we are going to talk about legacy which is a timely conversation I just had with a client. And Kyle, this is something I know has been on your heart lately. Um, what do you want to let the people take away from this episode about legacy? Man, I think that the most important part about this conversation for me is continuing it. So if someone took something away from it, it would be the desire to continue this conversation with the people that they care about, the people that they trust, um, and bringing it into their kind of their day-to-day life, or maybe it's monthly or weekly. But I think that when you start to think about legacy, it really takes you to a higher zoomed out focus on the picture that you're looking at in your life and in your finances and in your decision-making. Yeah. And there's something calculated. And I would even say that some of the wisest people I know, they speak from this place of being elevated above the, you know, what is it? The forest for the trees. Yeah. So I think that what I'd want people to take away from this is continue the conversation and then zoom out, look at the whole entire picture, look at the forest from the trees. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so interesting the timing of this. It seems like we're always having a conversation right after another conversation I've just had with somebody. So I was talking to some good friends of mine who are also clients and, you know, it really depends. It, zooming out is important because we've got a number of financial decisions upcoming for them of, with pretty big dollar amounts. And they said, you know, so, you know, what's the priority here? And I said, well, that really depends on on you, right? Like if in this case, then this would probably be the priority. Um, in that situation with these clients I was just talking to, I said, you know, if multi-generational decades in the future, centuries even down the road is more of your focus then we're, um, you know, we were talking, the context was issuing what are called juvenile policies uh, for uh, life insurance policies with cash value for kids, right? They've got four kids. And so, you know, they've got their own policies. But um, I said, you know, if, if we're taking that zoomed out picture above the trees, right, seeing the whole forest, then de- it depends kind of what is more important to you. He's like, man, I'm really glad you said that. And so I said, if that's your priority and that's your heart, then I would say arguably these juvenile policies are more important to prioritize funding for than even your existing policies right now. Because when you look at the power of compounding, you know, even a couple of years, let alone decades down the road, it's a huge difference. So that changed the conversation. And it was literally exact. I didn't even know we were going to be talking about this till you just walked in like 10 minutes ago, Kyle. <laughs> Well, it's something you just said that I I was thinking about earlier today is is that legacy is something that you build today and leave for tomorrow. And sometimes you leave it after you die. I think a lot of people think of legacy that way. But I personally have some friends right now in my life who are who are getting a little bit older and they're going through some seriously challenging times. His um the the spouse, the wife is is going through cancer and all of the different levels of of cancer and the the fears and the the trepidation and and there is this this moment when the husband said that he turned to her and he just said, hey, you know, if the, if the day comes when you pass, I I would be really sad if you missed what I had to say at your funeral. And so he just started to tell her what was on his heart and that what he would say. And I was emotional listening to him. He was emotional recounting the story. And 
something that struck me while he was having this conversation was that the way that they were living right now was drastically impacting their community, the people around them. Like even for myself, it changed the way that I lived that that entire week. And since that conversation, uh, it put heavy on my heart the way that I cared about the people in my life. Mm. And I'm like, man, you're building a legacy right now. And, that, and that's what I told him. And I was like, the legacy that you're leaving isn't starting uh, when you guys pass and, and when you guys are gone. It's actually starting right now. You're already building your legacy. And so I think that when we look at finances and financial education, legacy is an extremely important part of the conversation because often it requires sacrifice today mm-hmm. because we're building for something that we want to leave behind tomorrow. I think it also requires vision and planning, too, because, like as they say, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. If you want to have a forest of redwood trees, you need to have planted that seed probably 100-plus years ago, right? So it changes the, the calculus and the planning elements of it. Like we were talking about with this client, if you want to, I mean, uh, you could be in your 20s and planning your legacy. You're, it's no time that's too early or too late, but... If you, if you, the longer you wait, the less chance that you have for things to grow and compound over time. We're talking about financially, but we're also talking about personally, spiritually, you know, developmentally. Um, there's a lot of aspects of this that come in. And I think that it's so important to be thinking about that on the front end, because if you can think that through 30, 40 years in advance, then you can plan your legacy and make it much more, uh, a greater impact, um, greater scope with more intentionality. And uh, I think it's it's never too early. You know, even right now, Kyle, we're taking this financial planning class right now, estate planning. And I heard of something called, a, um, what was it called? A, uh, it was like a, not official will, but it was, it was um, a moral will, I think is what it was called, which is a weird name for it. But it was kind of what you just said that your client talked about was, here are the things that I want to leave some, you know, it's not, it's not the list of assets and all the stuff the most people think of with the will. This is more like, here are the values, you know, and the wisdom that I've accumulated, Mm -hmm. the legacy of knowledge, values, and impartation from like, you know, just a life lived of like, here's what I've seen and here's what I want to pass on the, the, the nuggets of wisdom and knowledge. And I thought that was a kind of cool thing. I'd never heard about that before. Uh, That is really cool. When you, when you said planning and, and strategy, it made me think of just the core principle of having patience. And yeah. I think a lot of people that are looking at the financial markets and the way that some people have gotten rich through the ups and downs of the stock market or the, the real estate market or whatever it Cryptocurrency was. Cryptocurrency frenzies. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think that we forget that building a legacy, building um, wealth that's a, that you can stand on a strong foundation requires patience. And it, and it requires patience in the way that you make your financial decisions. Your, your decision-making can't be rushed, can't be hasty. And there are certainly times when it's a last-minute decision. It requires um, just a very calculated focus to make sure that you make the right decision because it sometimes is a split, split decision moment, but those moments aren't every day all the time. Right. We don't live in those moments. Right. We, we live in preparing, planning, strategizing, patiently waiting for the things we put in place to pay out. Yeah. And um, even then, having done that stuff on the front end, like I'm just recently moving into some stuff right now with some ideas that maybe I'll talk about in a future episode um, that very quickly, you know, have like ramped up and they're bearing fruit already and they're going to be bearing a lot more fruit in the coming weeks and months. 
it might seem like it was an overnight success, but it was really that patience, that planning, that very long-term consistent focus over many years. And now I'm kind of realizing, oh, I'm learning this, I've done here. I'm just kind of adapting a concept or strategy or experience and, uh, and kind of translating it to something else. But it does take that intentionality, that patience, that forward-looking kind of perspective of not just like, what do I want? today or next week or the end of this year, but what do I want decades from now? When you think about financial legacy, what are some of the tools that you lean into? What are the strategies that you have that you believe add the most value that we should focus on? And uh, you just mentioned estate planning. What are some of the other ones that come to the front of your mind or that you have just seen in the past bear fruit? Well, I mean, I was mentioning at the uh, beginning of this conversation with the, the the conversation I just had with some clients. Um, one of my favorites, man, I love this model on so many levels. This like financially, personally, spiritually, family um, is kind of this multi-part strategy. Um, a lot of people know the Rockefellers for having done this, right? So um, there's a book called What Would the Rockefellers Do? Uh, you can check that out. There's probably all kinds of other things. But I love this idea of starting from a young age. You, and it, by the way, if some of the stuff we're talking about refers to what's called the infinite banking concept, IBC, or privatized banking. Um, if you haven't listened to it already, go back and, and check out some of those previous episodes that we have in the queue, um, which will explain some more of the behind the scenes on this but the semantics yeah like and and you know it takes if you're completely unfamiliar you kind of got to dive in and immerse yourself in it but i think um you know i was talking about what's called these juvenile policies and if you're um you know if you have kids you can actually get life insurance on your kids with these specially structured cash value policies that are um, really structured more for the growth of the cash value over time than mainly the death benefit although the death benefit will grow too but I love this idea of setting things up like knowing what I know now, you know, when I have kids, day one, I'm going to be getting them both policies, you know, uh, a, a whole life and an index universal life, right? From day one, because I know the value of that compounding over time is going to be massive. Then you combine that with an estate planning strategy, putting these things into a trust structure and pooling the assets together with the trustee and having certain like... Um, rules or parameters in place so that the wealth doesn't not only it doesn't spoil the kids and make them the typical trust fund kid syndrome but it makes them productive profitable members of society who are gonna have something um to aspire to as opposed to just having everything handed to them and then they're also gonna have uh it's a way to grow wealth over time instead of dwindling it and there's a lot of elements to this but there's a, there's a psychological and a personal development aspect to that whole strategy that I find really compelling. I love that you mentioned infinite banking because the first time that I heard about infinite banking, the guy that was talking about it was looking at it 
from the perspective of using it as a as a personal bank, like a banking system. So just going high level without going into the details on how it worked, he had it set up for his kids and he actually had just bought policies on his grandkids. They were structured in such a way that when they were in high school, they would have a certain amount of money that was available to them, similar to like having a college fund set up. Right. But the way that the policy is designed is it's designed so that you can take loans out against the policy without interrupting the growth, mm-hmm. which adds a level of discipline and encouraging those those kids to learn how to steward money yes. and learn the value of leveraging money. Yes. So I was blown away. It was one of the first times I ever, I ever heard about this concept and it, uh, I've always tied the concept to legacy for that reason, because yeah. I'm, the, there is a death benefit component, which we often don't talk about when we talk about it, that is obviously leaving a legacy when that, that individual passes on, but using it as a tool and a training ground for kids to learn how to manage wealth yes. is incredible. That's it. That is the thing that's so compelling to me is about that model is, um, it's one thing to bless your kids or other people by just giving them the fruit, so to speak, right? Like you've got your tree, it's growing fruit. You know, this would be like the typical like ministry donation model, right? I'm just going to give you money out of my either my income yeah, or my I'm assets, gonna right? I'm going to pick the fruit off the tree. I'm going to pick the fruit it. off the tree, give it to you, right? That there's people get blessed by that. That's great. What I find compelling is like in the example of these juvenile policies for kids. Not only am I going to give you the fruit, I'm actually going to give you the entire tree at some point, right? So that's level two. Level three, though, is in order for me to feel comfortable doing that, I have to not only teach you how to use, you know, the fruit that will be received, but also the tend the tree. Now I've got to show you how to cultivate and steward that thing so you understand how to maximize the benefit of this asset that you're going to inherit. And don't you think if you were a little kid who might otherwise not be interested in money or any of these things at all, if you had like, hey, this is your policy. I'm kind of safeguarding it and stewarding it for now. I'm just holding on to it for you. But when you turn 18 or 21 or 30, whatever the number is, this is all going to come over to you. Don't you think as a kid, if you saw like the you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in the future, that you'd be inherently interested to learn how that thing works? something you you just said that I love ties everything back in together is you're giving them the tree, not just the fruit. The only way it works is if you're looking at the forest from the trees early on and you plant the tree ahead of time. Yes. Because you can't just go plant a tree and have it there ready for you right. the next day. Right. And, and there's ways to structure some of these things where you can accelerate the process. Sure. But, but it definitely takes away from the added benefit of structuring it when they're young. So yeah. th- this individual had policies on his granddaughters. I believe they were twins uh, just shortly after they were born, as soon as they were of legal legal age, which I, I don't know the exact number of, of days or weeks or months or whatever it is. Oh, I, as soon as they're out of the womb is my plan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just that is the mindset. I'm planting you a tree. This is how legacy is built today. Right. We're not thinking about legacy when we're thinking about death. We're right. thinking about legacy when we're thinking about equipping the next yes. generation for understanding how to manage wealth. Yeah, I mean, most people think about their retirement decades in advance, right? Like, you know, you can't just like retire at 65 one day or whatever it is and then tr- and then figure it out. It's like, no, no, that took decades to get to this point. It's this whole process. We have to be very forward thinking. We have to be intentional and plan early. And man, what if you just back that up another 20 or 30 years to like the from the birth of your kid or, if, you know, whatever age they are now? Um, I, I just think that's such an amazing thing. And I love how 
again, completely spontaneously, all these things connected. But it's one thing to give the fruit. It's another thing to give the entire tree. But to me, the, the critical component is developing within that person, which I think this might be the most powerful legacy of all, is helping that person develop themselves personally, their education, find out their passions, gifts, and then give them the stewardship principles and skill sets. It's kind of the old thing of like, you know, feed a man a fish, uh, feed him for a, a meal, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime, right? So you're giving them the boat and the fish with the tackle and everything else on it, but that's not going to be worth anything to them if they don't know how to use it. Teach him how to buy an extra rod stamp, then he doubles his opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Has more more chances at catching a fish. Exactly. Um, as we've gone through through this, that we've said a bunch of different things, but it's been fairly simple. But what would you say would be a good action step? Give us something to to look towards and take away from this episode. Because when you asked me at the beginning, what's something you want people to take away? This really what we've just talked about for the last 15 minutes unpacked kind of that initial statement of start the conversation now. But what does an action step look like to starting that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, first action step is just take some time to think like we are only having this conversation because you stop to think about like and you're you're pretty we're pretty young. You know, I'm 42. You're, you know, 29. Yep. So. To be 29 years old and even thinking about legacy, you're way ahead of the curve. So I think that's the first action step is just even take some time to think about what do I want? My, have I thought about legacy at all before? If not, what do I want that to be? You know, like and, and it doesn't have to be any particular way, but taking the time now to think this through and kind of starting with the end in mind and then working backwards, I think is really important. Um, obviously being able to surround yourself with people who can help you in that is really important, right? So talking to mentors of yours, your family, um, coworkers, whoever it is that is the right person in your life to start having this conversation with, because again, it does take decades sometimes to plan this out, uh, properly. And then of course, at any point in time, we're always happy to have the conversation. That's what we're really, you know, hoping is that the stuff we're sharing is helping people make better financial decisions. And we're always happy to be a part of that process, whether it's directly just through listening to this podcast, uh, indirectly through listening to the podcast, or directly through a conversation. So um, as always, you know, as we mentioned in the show notes and the bumpers and everything, you can reach out to us at wisdomofwealth.co. Um, and we're happy to continue that conversation, you know, us or one of the strategists on our team. But I think that's the first step is just be intentional about like, have I thought about legacy? And if not, I should probably start. And what do I want that to look like? My wife and I did a, it was like pre-marriage counseling, but it was kind of pre-engagement as well. We did it super early on. We were very like overthinking everything. But something that, I, that they said to us that, that stuck with us was build your mission together today yeah. because it will give you clear steps and focus for where, where you're at today if you have an idea of the mission of where you want to go tomorrow. Um, and so as we started to build a mission and started to try to define what that looks like for us, constant, we're constantly reinventing that mission. I, sure. I think that almost every single person can relate to and identify with that sense of having to kind of recalculate and recalibrate your vision and your yeah. focus. But having that mission on the table in front of you in this conversation looks like having the legacy on the table in front of you that you want to leave and the things that you want to shoot for building towards allows you to make the calculated decisions you need to make today to get to where you want to be down the road. I think it's 
the ABCs, obviously we all understand that, the need to have a goal to reach that goal. But often we talk about legacy as kind of a floaty thing Mm -hmm. and we don't dial it down to like hard numbers or actual um, things like you said that that guy was putting into his trust. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, something comes to me and I probably mentioned this before and I'll probably mention it again, but uh, I think it's Dwight Eisenhower who said, or uh, MacArthur maybe said, plans are worthless, but planning is invaluable. And by that, we know that things are going to change. The second that we have generated a plan or a financial model, it's already outdated because there are so many factors and variables that are changing constantly outside our control. But having the plan and being able to adapt it and pivot is much easier than trying to create it from scratch at a moment where things have you know, where you need, you're in a critical uh, decision point, right? It's like, oh, we just have this, we're going to tweak it, right? And so updating it, coming back to it, you know, this is basically financial planning 101, but it also is part of legacy planning. And legacy planning, by definition, requires, you know, starting sooner, probably. So I like what you said about it's never too early. I mean, you guys are in your early to mid-20s, and you're thinking about your mission and your legacy already. I mean, that's incredible, Kyle. I was not thinking about any of that stuff in my <laughs> 20s. So you're Thanks. way ahead of the curve. Thanks. What I heard you just say was get in the game. Don't just watch it and strategize how to play it. You can stand on the sideline all you want, and you can think about how you want to play the game and how you want to get in, but you got to get in the game and start playing the game. That gives you the experience that you need to start moving forward. So, um, yeah, so as, as you guys have listened to this podcast today, we hope that what you take away from this is get into the game of legacy. Get into the conversation with the people that you care about, yeah. with the people in your life. Uh, get into the conversation with yourself. Start trying to identify for yourself who am I and what do I want to leave behind? And whether that's monetary and it's financial or it's or it's something that's more than that, it's relational. Uh, like, how did you say it? It was, um, what was the word you used for the trust? Talking about the different than monetary. Oh, yeah. It legacy. was a psychological, behavioral, and spiritual in my mind even. You know? Yeah. So whether it's one of those three or it's monetary, we just encourage you to get into the conversation around legacy. And, uh, and as always, we're here. We love to connect with our listeners so that we understand how we can improve and grow from these conversations. Because obviously when, when someone comes with a question or a comment, it changes our perspective as well and allows us to get better at what we do. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you you even bringing this up, Kyle. Again, it's, it strikes me that you were thinking about this at such an early stage in your life. And I think it's, it's a great model. So wherever you are, if you're 19 and you're listening to this, or if you're 75, I think... It's a worthwhile conversation. So we hope to be able to uh, add value to that conversation with you. And we will look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Hopefully what we shared was valuable, whether it encouraged you or challenged you. Our goal is to equip you to make better financial decisions. So engage with us at wisdomofwealth.co. We want to connect with you and continue the conversation. Make an appointment today. Ryan, myself, or anyone else from the Wisdom of Wealth team would love to meet with you. We look forward to talking more. And again, that's wisdomofwealth.co. See you on the next episode.